Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Uh, we're going to skip the intro tonight. Uh, we're just going to get into things. So this is part two of the uh, Magic Sixer series. The Magic lost tonight. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, February 1st. So uh, happy month of February. But the Magic lost tonight, uh, 105-94 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Splitting this two-game series in Philly. Uh, we'll get to the game and everything here shortly. So quickly, going back to uh, what wasn't mentioned in the last pod on Monday, our 119-109 win was our best comeback of the season. We came uh, from back from 21 points down. And it was the sixth largest comeback in franchise history. And in the process, the Magic had snapped a 10-game losing streak to the Sixers overall. Uh, and an eight-game losing streak, I think, in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia. So it was uh, also the Magic's first win over the Sixers since December 27th of 2019. So we're talking pre-COVID here. And uh, it was their first win at in Philadelphia since December 2nd of 2016. Um, Tuesday, yesterday, the NBA announced that Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner were named to the Rising Stars player pool for uh, All-Star Weekend. Jalen Suggs didn't make it again. Um, you know, it's disappointing for a fifth overall pick to not make it either year, but injuries are kind of the main culprit. Um, it's interesting that Scoot Henderson will be part of the G League contingent that also will participate. Uh, Penny, any thoughts on Paolo and Franz or Jalen not making it as far as uh, rising stars go? It's, it's basically what we expected, right? Yeah, I think it's par for the course, obviously, with Paolo and Franz. There's, there's no real debate there you're talking about two of the best young players in the NBA and quite frankly with injury and, and performance Jalen I don't think has made that big of a name for himself to put him into that kind of showcase at this point. So the Magic were off Tuesday and it snowed late that afternoon um, and it really snowed early this morning Wednesday morning which was cool to see. Um, yeah we're you know, we're staying in the city center here in Philadelphia and uh, got a pretty nice view uh, of a good portion of the city center. And it was cool. It was nice. And, uh, you know, I know Penny's already mentioned it. I've already mentioned it, that Penny likes cold weather a lot. I, uh, I like it in spurts. You know, if I'm visiting as a tourist like we are, you know, this week, it's, it's pretty great. So, but uh, anyway, all right, on to Wednesday night, uh, on to the Wednesday's game, tonight's game. So Jonathan Isaac was ruled out due to left knee management. Um, you know, reminder, yesterday was a day off. Uh, you know, him being sat for, you know, a second night of a back-to-back is expected, but for him to sit out, you know, with a day off in between after 10, only playing 10 minutes basically on Monday night, it's, I don't know if it's a little concerning or if it's just they're kind of, trying to cook baby it and coax and, and just try and get into maybe the all-star break before they really want to ramp him up. But I, I don't know, Penny, were you surprised that Isaac uh, was not made available tonight? Yeah. I mean, I think the schedule has kind of been laid out and, and is kind of favorable for him to play, have a day off, play, have a day off. Uh, big cause for concern if we don't see him uh, in Minnesota next, more so than not playing tonight. Yeah, and uh, look, Wendell Carter Jr. was questionable going into this game with his uh, plantar fasciitis flaring up uh, the previous Philly game. Uh, He started tonight, and it's, you know, we'll we'll get into it now. Tonight we had amazing seats. It's the best 
seating we've ever had for an NBA game. We sat in section 113, row double A, for a very reasonable price. It was basically about 300 bucks each. And to put it in perspective, like, you definitely can't get that pricing in Orlando. You definitely – I mean, because I guess the Sixers were in town, or the uh, the Magic were in town here in Philly. Sixers fans don't take the Magic very seriously. Um, you know, we found, you know, Spencer found these awesome seats. We're at midcourt, like we're dead center midcourt. We're across from the benches and the scores table this time around. Um, so we had a pretty good view of the action. But um, I've never sat that close, and you know, I, I was not, never even that close as media. Like I, I sat like third row baseline for when I was covering the magic media wise in Amway center. And, you know, tonight was closer and, um, it, it was cool. Even though we lost, it's, you know, we'll get into the experience here in a bit, but, um, yeah, let's talk about just the, the, the seat, the, the sight lines. And I mean, we, we got to hear a lot. We got to see a lot, Penny. Yeah. I mean, it's always cool. Obviously it's not an everyday occurrence for us and certainly not an everyday occurrence for most people to, be that close to the floor where literally we can sneak our foot through and, and touch the wood. Um, as you mentioned, we're right at the half court line and it's interesting. The half court line on the Philadelphia court is not a straight line. I don't know if they had some trouble piecing the floor together from, uh, I don't, I assume they didn't take it apart Monday with nothing in between, but, uh, anyway, look, the, the experience that close is awesome. I encourage anyone that can do it to do it at least one time. It's a totally different game than on television, um, a totally different game than watching from the second level. You can, you know, you, you, you see the athleticism, but more than that, you see the strength and you can actually hear and feel like picks getting set and uh, all of the contact that's going on that you really can't capture that and that essence from further away. So, Let's talk about more about the arena and kind of uh, we, we had a lot of positive remarks Monday, maybe some negatives from the arena experience tonight. Well, I thought the security and the whole concourse arena staff experience was way better tonight than Monday night. Um, we didn't have like security guards pretend that they were going to murder us for trying to get into the building early. Uh, so because we sat this close, uh, we got premium access to basically the club or the lounge, whatever they want to call it. And um, I think that lounge is nicer than Amway Center's lounge. There's more space. It's longer. Um, it's, yeah, it's it, it allows more roaming around. Like, the lighting's really cool. Like, it, it's, it's better than Amway Center. And again, this Wells Fargo Center is older than Amway Center, so I don't know how that happened. But um, there are three tiers of premium access that, that you can – potentially get there's like silver blue and gold i don't know if they they swap the color sometimes um we talked to a really nice bartender she was like yeah they confuse us all the time and i wish they would just stick this stuff but um you know you you get access to the yeah we had the worst basically of the of that silver blue and gold we had silver which was uh you get access to the club but you basically have to pay for everything um you know, we had two blue moons there, but we'd already eaten before the game. Really nice uh, Angelo's uh, margarita pizza. That was really good. And uh, I guess you've said it yourself, and, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. They're pretty stingy on the perks because, I mean, with Amway Center, like how many rows, uh, you know, above, you know, close to the floor get, get perks? Is it like six rows? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was kind of surprised that literally there's only – 
maybe 80 people in the whole arena technically that had better seats than we did, which, which is folding chair directly in front of us, um, that food and beverage is not included. So any uh, qualms that you have about Amway Center, basically there's, what, 2,000 tickets where you're having access to either the Ultimate Lounge or the other lounge where food and beverage is all-inclusive. So that's a nice perk. Uh, and don't forget that we have that going for us in Orlando. Also, what kind of food and beverage take do you think Wells Fargo makes on a given night where literally every single person is paying for every single uh, concession purchase and there's nothing kind of uh, given for free with purchase of your seat? Uh, they're they're raking it in pretty good, I would say. That's for sure. Um you know, I already mentioned the arena staff. Uh, we ran, we saw Jeff Weltman down uh, in the lower bowl. Uh, this because Monday night he was with already with Jamal Mosley in the tunnel, and this time or uh, close to the tunnel on the court. This time he was just kind of sitting uh, in one of the sections. I think it was like maybe one o two or something like that. Um, he, uh, I, I didn't. We, I, I'm not a person that bothers people. He was like on his phone looking at some type of spreadsheet. I'm sure. So, but uh, you know. Um, well, you know, we 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 saw Weltman there. Um, it was cool down in the uh, club, and then on the floor, uh, we saw some Eagles legends. Penny's not an Eagles fan, but I am. So, like Brent Selleck was there. Uh, so was an older Eagles legend, uh, Jeff Joiner or uh, Seth Joiner, and um, yeah. We spotted Jameer Nelson on the magic end of the floor, chatting up with guys uh, before the game. You know, he's giving Terrence Ross a hug. Uh, Jameer is still working for the uh, Sixers G League uh, team in Delaware as the assistant GM. Um, you know how we, you know, I'd like, I would have liked the Magic to have poached them, but I mean, he's he's a Philly guy. It makes sense for him. Um, all right, Penny. What I didn't talk about it Monday night, but what do we think of the PA announcer? Um, his style. There's he's got some humor to how he calls stuff. Like Paul Porter, kind of keeps it pretty straight. Um, this you know this PA announcer. He uh, I think he's decent. Um, I know you didn't like him. I don't know if you want to kind of elaborate more with that. Well, we're again incredibly. I think we're even handed a lot of time, and we're also incredibly biased with. Uh, game production both in arena and telecast for the magic and and how lucky we are um, guy is good he tries hard he has a distinct style he also like stands up and kind of rides his body around to uh, say the names but he's in control of his own kind of voice modulation and stuff so he's giving you a lot of reverb uh you're getting a niang seven times on a made george niang three uh he's in control of his own echo and i just thought it was too much echo but you 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 like more things than i do yeah i it is interesting yeah he puts his body into it a lot like Paul Porter doesn't have to do that. Like, Paul Porter, it's just all vocal. And, like, the, the, the Sixers PA guy just, like, puts his whole body into it. And it's very <laughs> – um, So, also before the tip-off, David Steele, you know, Bally Sports, longtime Magic play-by-play guy, uh, was kind enough to come by and chat with us for five minutes before beginning the TV broadcast. Um, David's just an all-time awesome guy. Even when I was, like, media, like, we would chat a lot. And even after media, we still kind of chat a lot. And um, it's great. Like, the, the man's a legend. And 
he's genuinely like the nicest guy in the on the planet and i i pray we win an nba championship just for him sometimes so um so sitting that close to the court um you you, you spot some stuff in the pregame um Gary Harris was wearing some nice sneakers tonight. I know, you know, I'm we're not sneaker heads, but they were pretty nice tonight. Um, Franz Wagner was kind of wearing ankle supports on both his legs, like heavy ankle supports. And I don't know if that's like a normal thing or like a more recent thing, but um, I don't know any other kind of magic on court uh, stuff you saw going going into uh, before tip off. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me, and again, we this might not be a new thing, but the Franz Wagner very bulky ankle supports worn under his socks, which you don't see uh, too frequently at all. Uh, also, the Aubrey McCreary, the uh, skill development coach for the Magic, is on this trip with the team. So uh, in addition to Jeff Weltman and some of the other basketball ops guys, it's a bigger traveling party uh, Although Dante doesn't get to travel on, on these trips too much, so that kind of stinks. But, yeah, it's it's always interesting to see kind of... Obviously, we were in the building about, I don't know, an hour, 70 minutes before tip, so you're seeing Gary Harris on the floor getting, like, 35 solid minutes of shots up, which uh, did not necessarily translate to his performance. Not after the first quarter tonight. Um, so, all right, they had Philly rapper Armani White ring the bell pregame. So, you know, for, for those of you that don't know, like the Sixers, they they literally bring out a bell. They hand a mallet to a celebrity guest, and they're supposed to bang it like three times. And uh, he botched it pretty badly. Like the video's already going around. Like I already retweeted. Yeah, he. he, he, he is, you're you're a, you're a foot away from the bell. You're an inch away from the bell. They hand you a mallet, and he could not strike the bell. It's pretty bad. And I thought that was going to be a good omen for the Magic, you know. It's like, I mean, that doesn't happen often, I don't think so. Um, but what ended up being a bad omen, I thought, was the full Techler was not around this time in Section 101. Like, I was looking for him across the court. I'm like, ah, crap, he's not here. So there were other guys kind of heckling faults, but that guy Monday night had, like, a, the voice on him that carried, like, all across the, the floor. And not having that uh, – Kind of hurt us, I guess, in the end. Um, all right, so let's get to the game. So, you know, Gary Harris, as Penny mentioned, and he, he got off to a really good start. He hit three triples early, and it was like 16-16 at the first time out. So way better start than Monday night for the Magic. Um, Wendell was limping and wincing badly, and I wasn't sure how much longer he was going to go in this game. And it clearly impacted his speed and lift throughout the game. Um We'll get to the final box score later, but it, it you know, he, he he's just not healthy. And if anyone needs an all-star break, it's that guy. But, like, he, it's with the plantar fasciitis, like, this isn't going to heal itself. And even if you give him a month off, it may not be enough. Like, he needs, like, three months off on his feet. And that's scary because we need Wendell to, to be Wendell. And the guy's a fighter. He's not – he he clearly doesn't want to sit out games, but it's it's clearly hurting him. Um, 
the Magic were literally getting nothing from the bench early on as Embiid was just imposing his will against us. Sixers were up 37-23 after the first quarter. Philly, I think Kobe Price had tweeted that Philly was on a 17-0 run in the final three minutes and 50 seconds of the period, which I did not notice. I didn't, did not realize we went scoreless like those last four minutes, basically. Um, but the Magic, they kind of crawled back in by staying aggressive and just getting to the free throw line. Um the Magic were missing free throws, though, and Philly wasn't, weren't, and Philly was hitting more threes, and that was ended up being the theme throughout the night. Um, Admiral Schofield, who was inactive, at one point was having uh, a f- nice and fairly lengthy cross-court, uh, we'll call it conversation, with George Neing after Neing had popped uh, Paolo in the face, at, cause, and Paolo was cooking Neing uh, a, a good amount in that first half, but... Um, yeah, any any thoughts of any of that stuff I went through, Penny? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're necessarily shocked with how the game opened uh, and also how it con- continued to go. Look, uh, we didn't touch on James Harden yet, but he didn't have a great game Monday uh, and, you know, comes back and nearly posts a triple-double and just massive shots with hands in his face. But Joel Embiid, there's just not much you can do. Look, Wendell's, Wendell's not healthy uh, you go back to Mo, who did his best to hold his own Monday, but he's not going to be able to match up and, and stand up to, to Joel Embiid over the course of 30-plus minutes, uh, two games in a row. So we, I think we kind of knew what we were in for tonight, and we were hoping that uh, it just didn't come together. But the, it's, it's tough to watch. The, Embiid's just too big. He's just too big, and they were sending double teams. It doesn't matter. Uh, and that was really kind of the story of it, at least the first quarter, first half for me. So Monday night, you mentioned how uh, the Sixers do a good job of actually doing multiple T-shirt launches, something the Magic do not do. Um, and in the first half, we helped corral a T-shirt uh, during the T-shirt launch and handed it to the little kid that was sitting next to you. So, uh, you know, that made kind of his night, and the dad was very grateful. So – I was hoping for some good karma from that, and it didn't quite pay off, obviously. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, I'm not a Sixers fan, so I, I don't need a Sixers shirt. So, you know, we had a ki- there was a kid sitting next to us. We gave it to him. And, uh, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. Do you remember the last time you caught a T-shirt in a T-shirt launch? It's been, it's been years for me. Like, I, I'm not one that actively goes for T-shirts. Like, but I, I don't know if you recall the last time or if you want to talk more about the T-shirt thing. Well, I was trying to do my best to march in Gortat uh, to deliver a shirt to a child, but I do remember the last time I caught a T-shirt, and you might too. It's all the way back in Amway Arena. Oh, second level yeah you i they used to they used to have the the t-shirt gun that could only barely reach to the second level so this is probably 15 years ago now uh locked eyes made eye contact got the acknowledgement from the t-shirt gun loader and shooter it's coming my way there's no one around me i make a clean catch I'm excited. I unfurl the shirt. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a nice magic shirt to wear. And lo and behold, I see a big fat pig face with buckwheat coming out. Uh, It's not a magic shirt. It's a mattress barn t-shirt. And uh, it's used to wash the car. You you still have a mattress barn t-shirt. Yeah, but it's... um, (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's a long time ago, man. (laughs) But... um, 
All things considered, I thought the Magic played a pretty decent first half. You know, Fultz hit a driving, spinning lefty layup to you know right at the end of the half, and it cut Philly's lead to 56-53 at the break. You know, Embiid had like 20 points. Paolo and Gary each led the Magic with 11 points. The Magic were 13 of 20 at the free throw line, so they'd missed seven free throws in that first half. Sixers were perfect 16-16 from the charity stripe. Um, Philly hit two more threes than us. That would grow a lot more in disparity by in the second half. Uh, and, that, I mean, free throws and threes were the big difference, not just in the half, but the whole game. Um, but the Magic were hustling. Like, they, they were fighting. Like, it, this wasn't, in, like, an effort issue tonight. Um, I have to point out that Franklin the dog I'm not a big fan of as a mascot. Also, he kind of kept high-fiving me every time he came by <laughs> in front of us. Um, it was a little weird. He all, he did hit like a was it a hook shot or like a over the he did the stuff over you know over the head uh, heave no look shot and he did it on one try and I will respect that because I will continually continually point out that stuff used uses deflated basketballs. Franklin does not. Um, but as a must, as a mascot comparison as a whole, like Franklin's not that great. Like. This version of stuff isn't as good as stuff in the past, but stuff kills Franklin. Um, any comment on that? We we love fat stuff. We don't love Franklin the dog. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, say, second half, Gary Harris cooled off noticeably. Um, Moritz Wagner, who had been amazing in the Bulls game and in the first uh, first Sixer game here on Monday, just could not buy a three at all. Um, and Harden and Bede were just – they were still driving that Sixers offense. And, you know, somehow despite all – despite the awful three-point shooting, we were only down 82-78 entering the fourth quarter. Like, we were, we were hanging around. Like, all we had to do was hit some threes. But um, – the refs early in the third in the fourth missed an obvious out of bounds call. Like I forgot if it was Harden that threw the ball, or maybe it was Maxi who threw the ball out of bounds. And clearly, no Magic player touched the ball. You know, and this was around mid court, so we had like a perfect angle of it. And yet, the referees thought that a Magic player hit touched the ball, and they kept it Sixers ball. And Jamal Mosley had to burn a challenge. And um, you know, we ended up winning the challenge because it was so obvious. So, but. Uh, the Magic had the ball. They were down 85-83 with 9.43 to go. And kind of went downhill from there. Like, Bull Bull had another bad game. Like, after the bad first half, I'm thinking, okay, second half, you know, Mosley's either going to throw in Bamba, who didn't play, or Caleb Houston, who also didn't play. And it didn't happen. He rode with Bull. And he's just getting picked apart defensively. And he's I haven't looked at his shooting over the past month, but I imagine his three-point shooting is horrendous at this point. Like, he can't buy a three. And he can't buy anything, really, even in the paint. Like, he's he's struggling. Like, you got to give the kid time. He's basically a rookie, um, even though, obviously, he spent years in the league. Like, he's basically a rookie. And Maybe he doesn't have the basketball IQ to be a great defender. Like, he's still not lifting his his hand to defend, which is the simplest thing in the world that he should be doing considering his wingspan and his reach. But it's it's just not something he's doing. And, you know, he went from down two with 9.43 to go to being down 93.83 with 7.38 to go. And at that point, things were looking pretty grim. And, yeah, the Magic just couldn't 
couldn't come back after that. Um, I got a few other things, but I don't know if you want to point anything else. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that we had been talking about is the this seemed like a prime opportunity to give Mo Bamba more minutes tonight, and it didn't happen. Um, to your point, it certainly wasn't an effort issue. I, I thought the Magic played a good game tonight overall. Um, the fourth quarter, it got away quick, right? It kind of uh, unraveled pretty quickly. Um, and I, to me, that's just like there's only so much shot you know so many missed shots that you can take mentally before you start to slip a little bit i didn't think the defense was bad i i i I don't know held him to 104 points yeah like i I don't know what the final percentages ended up being i know they got a couple clean looks from three uh as they were pulling away in the fourth but even before that like they're hitting philadelphia is hitting contested shots magic are getting great looks for the most part um the only other thing that i wanted to mention and this is close to kind of the game already being out of hand it might have been like an eight point uh, margin at that time Magic get the ball back. It was an offensive rebound or change of possession. Swing it to Paolo Bancaro. There's one more pass to make to a wide-open Gary Harris. He doesn't make the pass. Gary kind of has body language, not, you know, just human nature body language that he didn't get it. Bancaro misses the three. And that's just one of those things that, like, wouldn't consider Paolo to be a selfish player. But when everyone's pressing and trying to see a shot go through – then you're trying to be the one to make it happen. It doesn't happen. Uh, and then that kind of lack of offense bleeds over to the other end and you you can't sustain it. Yeah, I mean, look, Mo- Mosley in the post-game interview, I think he said the, the, you know, his, the team couldn't throw the ball into the ocean. Um, I tweeted it out and then Fultz again you know, said it. He repeated it in his post-game interview with Wendell. Uh, it's a make-or-miss league and the magic – shot six of 39 on threes and it's really hard to win that type of game when the Sixers themselves were 14 of 35 on threes they hit eight more triples than us and our defense was still pretty freaking good we held them to 104 points like if you hold a team to under 115 that's a pretty good defensive night but we only scored 95 points because we couldn't score we we couldn't hit anything so um a few other things before I get to the box score I thought the Sixers victory song is really nice. Like I, I already knew it, but I was kind of hoping we wouldn't have to hear it on, on this trip. But I mean, look, we split the series one, one, we got to win. Like it's, it's fine. Um, but it's a very nice song, the Sixers victory song. Um, and then Bally sports, I thought blew it by not putting me on TV. <laughs> I, like the opportunities were there. Um, I'm just saying, like I wore the say I wore my Eagles beanie. I wore the Magic jacket. I wore the dark blue sweater underneath. I wore the like same jeans, same shoes. Like I was trying to roll with the good luck for Monday, and it didn't work out. You know, that's you know, you do what you can as a fan. It it it, it doesn't do anything, but to me mentally, it, I thought it would. But um, and then the entire week in Philadelphia, I've. I've noticed just some elite street vending, just immaculate hustle by these folks getting out gear in a hurry for any type of you know Philadelphia sports team. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you had any comments on the song, the uh, the Bally Sports that putting on TV or uh, or uh, anything else before I get to the box score, Benny. 
I, well, the street vending to me is just great because you don't get that kind of police allowance and legality in uh, Florida, at least that we've seen. I agree. Ample opportunity. You were standing up between the third and fourth quarter again. It was prime prime time to go back and get the Papa Giorgio run going. And they blew it. And look, that's not on us. That's on them. I mean, they might be dealing with bankruptcy soon, too. So I don't know. They got other worries. But all right, let's go to the box score real quick. So the Magic's worst scoring quarter was the fourth quarter. They only got they got outscored 23 to 16 in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they, the Magic, they scored 23 in the first, 30 in the second, 25 in the third. And just that 16 in the fourth just buried them. Um, and I've been getting the score wrong, but the Sixers won 105-94. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was – it was just a challenge. Um, and look, where the Magic just couldn't hit threes, they, uh, you know, they got them on, on hustle points. Like the Magic won second chance points, 18 to four. Sixers, they won fast break points, though, 20 to 13. Um, points in the paint were the Magic, 46 to 38. You know, Philly, they shot 43.6% from the field, 40% on threes. They were perfect from the free throw line until literally the very end. They just missed three free throws for the hell of it, but they shot 23 of 26 from a charity stripe. The Magic did not give up free chicken again. I'm very happy for that. Even, you know, they shot 22 of 29 from the free throw line. That's not great. Um, you know, they shot 15.8% on, on three-pointers. That's that's not going to get done. And from the field, they shot 37.9% from the field. It's... It's tough to win that type of game. Like turnovers, they had fewer than Philly, but uh, it was 18 to 14. Philly had more turnovers, but like the Magic did not share the rock that well. They only had 12 assists in the game. Philly had 27 assists in the game because a lot of that's Embiid. A lot of that, I mean, because Harden, I think, had a ton of turnovers. Let's see. What do we have with turnovers? Um, Yeah, James Harden had seven turnovers tonight. You know, he had the 10 assists, but he coughed it up a lot, and – Jalen Suggs deserves some credit defensively for that. He had like a career high five, five steals that Suggs um, still could have could have really had more. You know, he scored eleven points off the bench, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he had some key misses. Like I know he shot four of nine from the field and two of four on threes, but he had some key misses. Um, Cole Anthony off the bench, he was two of seven out from the field. He had 11 points off the bench. Um, Mo Wagner only had six. Like, it's – we were getting spoiled these past few games where he was having, like, immaculate scoring outings. Bull Bull, one of three from the field, uh, two points. He – yeah, he, he played 14 and a half minutes, and it was about 14 and a half minutes too long tonight. Looking at the starters, Franz Wagner, he had six turnovers tonight. It was not a clean night for him. You know, 13 points, 6 of 15 shooting, not that efficient. Paolo, he had those that amazing 29-point game Monday, 5 of 18 from the field uh, tonight. Nine rebounds, so he's he's getting boards, um, you know, the 13 points. I mean, having Franz and, and Paolo each scoring 13 points, that doesn't happen often, and it's not a winning situation when our two best players are doing that. Wendell, he made it through the game. You know, he played 32 minutes, shot three of 10 from the field, though, did get 13 rebounds, but, you know, he had the nine points. Um, Gary Harris, 
cooled off significantly. He shot. He started three of three from the field and didn't hit another shot the rest of the way. He missed his. He went three of nine from the for the game and he just. He cooled off in the second half. He had the 11 points. Markel, 18 points, good scoring game, but he went from instead of having 10 assists to just two tonight. A lot of that's because guys just miss shots. Um, three turnovers. It's not horrendous, but I mean, 7-11 from the field. Like Markel did okay, but he, he he's a guy that he needs to share the ball, or, and he needs to he builds off of assists. And I think Markel himself in the in the post game admitted like they could have pushed the tempo more. Because um, a big reason why the Magic had that big comeback Monday was third quarter, Markell is just running the ball up Philly's ass and just dishing the ball out, and it just didn't work out. So, any uh, anything to point out in that box score that I mentioned, Penny? Uh, anything you wanted to add? No, I mean, look at the end of the day, it's we, you you hope that you can win every game and you play kind of well enough to win in terms of effort and intensity. But it's just one of those nights where the ball's not going through the hoop. You take what two two more free throw makes and three more three balls go in and you're going to overtime or you know winning by one or whatever and that's not a huge jump in percentage not like you're asking for people to do things out of the norm so just one of those nights where the the ball didn't go in uh kind of build it and snowballed from there and look philly's a good team uh they're top you know top two in the east for a reason so uh, good measuring stick for the team to go one and one here on the road, uh, and we'll see kind of what happens going leading into the All Star break. Yeah, I mean, look, the Magic are twenty and thirty two. They're four games out of the play in. Like they need to just hang around there. You know, three, four games of the, out of the play in going to the All Star break. Like there's. You know, this road trip's not over. Like we got the trade deadline next week, um, which is February 9th, but. You know, Magic go from Philly to Minneapolis. They play the Minnesota on Friday, then at Charlotte on Sunday, and then they host the Knicks February 7th. You know, we host the Nuggets on February 9th, but that's going to be hours after the trade deadline ends. So that will be a weird game one way or another. Um, I'm not expecting anything huge trade-wise. Um, you know, it could be, you know, Terrence Ross gets dealt. Maybe they wave R.J. Hampton at this point. I don't, I don't think they're going to get much for him. Um, the interesting stuff is going to be like, all right, what happens with guys like Mo Bamba, Chumo KK, and uh, and even uh, Gary Harris, I guess, because Gary could get us a first-round pick if that's what our front office covets. But I need Gary on this team. Like, I know he didn't have a great second half, you know, great second half tonight or anything, but like, he's he's our vet. Like, you got to have a vet on this team. Like, we're 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 already pretty young, so um, you know, I think. The front office is going to slow play things to, you know, it at this point, because we didn't go after Donovan Mitchell, like there's not much up out there to really move in and throw on your, all your chips onto the table to go after. Like other than maybe Luka Doncic, if he gets really unhappy in Dallas, which I just don't think Mark Cuban's going to let him leave. Um, the only other guy might be Desmond Bain. Like he was impressed by our training facility. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe he's, he's going to be keying in on that, but I mean, that's going to be over the next 12 months. Like, this isn't going to be something that happens in the next week. It may not even happen in the summer. You know, it depends, like, what happens draft lottery-wise for us. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Any, We're, we're going to do an episode probably bef before the trade deadline. Um, 
maybe after like i i don't anticipate anything enormous happening but um yeah any any thoughts on i guess the rest of the road trip the rest of you know the next week or two before we get into the all-star break penny um i mean it's about just hanging in the play and and try and stick around those three four games going into the break in my mind yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's an evaluation year across the board. The hope is that you're gaining experience, you're evaluating what you have asset-wise, and the the goal is to play meaningful games as long as possible. We're into February now. We're still in the play-in hunt. Can we maintain that and, and be in the play-in hunt, you know, all the way through the end of March uh, and hopefully into April to, to conclude the season. That's, that's the goal. I don't think anything's going to happen trade-wise that's groundbreaking. Um, hard to believe that they would move uh, Gary Harris to get younger, but who knows? You never know what's going to uh, present itself, and uh, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. All right, please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. It helps our podcast ranking a lot. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic. No free chicken for you again, Philly.